Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak, episode 44. I'm Dick Gooley, coming back again for two episodes in a row. You got your old pal, Dick. And joining me here, as always, Mr. Michael Price. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm in, I'm, I've immediately flown into a panic because I forgot I was going to try to come up with my own nickname. Um, <laughs> and I didn't. Uh, well. so if you have a suggestion, please, uh, hit us up on our Twitter. <laughs> Kills yeah, Trick maybe Pod. something organically will come of today's episode. Yeah, who knows? Uh, and we can start calling you something dumb, like Dick Gooley. Sure. <laughs> um, well, in the, in the spirit of today's episode, I have on occasion been told that I, I sort of, and this is kind of a backhanded compliment, if a compliment at all, but kind of look like a young Santa Claus. Um. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, like ever, Santa Claus, the college years. Yeah, have you ever thought about it? <laughs> I never have thought about it, but but now uh, now that you look at me, and yeah, now I want to cast you as a young Santa. <laughs> that should, that could be a whole thing. What if we made the yeah. the young Santa series, <laughs> uh, like Young Einstein? Um, oh, I was gonna say Young Sheldon, which was okay. the thing I thought of first. <laughs> well, you didn't think of Young Einstein first. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of Young Andy- Indiana Jones adventures. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Be- what is it? Yeah, it's the anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget how the whole title, but yes, yeah. Uh, well, Santa Claus had red hair before it turned white, right? Isn't that the idea? I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't have red hair, but I got a big red beard. We uh we. Yeah, isn't that weird how I also have a reddish beard? Mm-hmm. And not currently, I shave. Yeah. But uh, my hair on my head isn't very red, but my hair on my face. Yeah. Apparently. That's where the place. I, I read. That's the place. <laughs> <laughs> what color are your pubes? <laughs> that's a multicolored. <laughs> Just like, like the Dolly Parton song, Coat of Many Colors, only it's my pubes. Technicolor pube coat. Um <laughs> Well, uh, I read once that the gene, like the marker for uh, red hair, like the, it's much easier to pass down facial hair than hair on your head. Um, oh, interesting. So it's like it's a recessive gene, but it pops out in facial hair much more easily, um, hmm. which makes sense. My mom's family, there's lots of red hair. They're Irish. Um None of mine. Huh. I don't think I have a single redhead in, on either sides of my family. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but my, my son has red hair. Oh, um, wow. Like, like a deep auburn-y. Like, yeah. Not like mm-hmm. coppery. It's right. weird. I don't know, man. Genetics are weird. He might not even be mine. I don't know. They are. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I think the fact that he looks like your fucking clone would suggest <laughs> that he might be your kid. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'll believe it when I see yeah. it. I haven't been allowed to see him since he's been born. <laughs> well, we're just all waiting for you to get your act together, you know? <laughs> yeah, clean up your act. Um, man, guys, if you don't... Oh, if, I am just like in the midst of interacting with a oh probably Nigerian catfisher on Twitter. And it's just, it just keeps getting, I'm just trying to get them to break character, but now they're sending me super hot pictures of themselves <laughs> and I want it to be true. They're really digging in. Yeah. Eric's thinking about risking it all uh, um. for this Nigerian catfisher. Uh, okay. Sorry. Let's get back on track. 
Today we're actually talking about Young a Santa Christmas Claus. movie. Wait, no, Young oh, Santa a Christmas Claus movie. Sorry. Okay. Yes, those are the same thing. Um, uh, no, we're talking about actually a very old Santa Claus today. Um, yeah, an ancient Santa Claus, yeah. thawed from the ice. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about Rare Exports, the movie from 2010. It's a uh, a Finnish joint. <laughs> yeah. Um. So as you guys have probably, if if, if this is if you're expecting uh, evil, no, yeah, it's, uh, Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint. You had to listen to our last episode. We bailed on the Ginger Dead Man series because it has nothing to do with mm -hmm. Christmas. Yeah, we pulled that rip cord. We originally thought. Yeah. And they all suck very badly. So bad. <laughs> so we wanted to pick a movie uh, that is actually a Christmas movie. And here we go. It is yes. officially a Christmas yes, movie. Yes, we've watched this movie. And I can say with confidence, this is a Christmas movie. Uh, yep. It is a holiday film. It is about Santa Claus and elves, and it takes place in the snow in December. Mm -hmm. And that, and that, if nothing else, made me very happy. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, so I guess quick blood and guts check here. Yeah, this was this your first time seeing Rare Exports? Because it, it was, was for me. It's been on my radar for quite some time. Yes, since it came out, I just. Never saw it. I just never got around to this it. This was my first time. It had been less on my radar. My my relationship, just to before we get into the real blood and guts check, because so when I was coming into this before I had seen it, my whole relationship with this is I would see it pop up for years on the cult tab in Hulu movies. Hulu had mm. it for the longest time. And I was like, what the fuck is that? But the cov like the poster that they would use which is one where it's uh, it's the main character with his little hockey helmet on. Uh, and then it, it looks like a kid's movie, this poster. Yes, it does. Uh, and I was like, nah, I don't want to watch that. I don't care. Um, and I never looked any closer at it. And then finally, when we were trying to figure out what to do instead of Ginger Dead Man, we stumbled across this and I read a brief synopsis of it. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I would watch that. Um, yeah. So I had been kind of uh, ill-informed about it and, you know, not really caring for the last 10 years. And then I watched it a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll go first with my blood and guts check mm -hmm. that um, if you are on the fence about watching Rare Exports and are waiting for us to weigh in on it, I say check it out. Mm -hmm. I think I think I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's a it's only like an hour and 22 minutes. Yeah. Pretty much flies by. It's really the only yeah. thing it has in common with the Ginger Dead Man series. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it's funny because this is really kind of a perfect movie to start dredging up questions about the relative quality of films because it's so much better than the Ginger Dead Man movies. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I'm still like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to give it as a, as like a rating, you know, because I've been like, in addition to our, our podcast, like I rate everything that we do on, gin, on, on <laughs> Ginger Dead Man, Ginger Dead Man, on, on, on Letterboxd. Against the Ginger Dead Yes. Man. On, I was going to say, I use Letterboxd and, and just to like, kind of let you guys into my process, um, I gave both of the first two Ginger Dead Man movies one star out of five. Um, 
Mm. And then I was like the third one, Saturday Night Cleaver slash Roller Boogeyman. I was like, well, it was twice as good as the other ones. So I gave it <laughs> I gave it two stars. But then, That's good call. you know, I was thinking about like, well, what would I give this movie? And what do I give other movies? And I was like, wait, two stars is too high for that movie. But then it's like, it's all very relative. And I think there's a lot of interesting questions to ask ourselves about how we grade on a curve and what the expectations are for a movie. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this movie is interesting because it's a, it's a foreign film for us here in the U.S. And I think that like for the expectations of a first time feature coming out of, for this director coming out of Finland, this movie certainly exceeds what normal, what, what my normal expectations would be. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, it's a pretty solid accomplishment now as versus all the movies in the world. I don't know. It's, I have, I have sort of mixed feelings about it. Okay. Um, it sounds like I, I, I probably enjoyed it more than, than you did. Uh, but I also, it looks fantastic. It truly does. Yeah. And that maybe gave gives it a huge leg up mm-hmm. over the Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has um, all of its legs are fully up over the Ginger Dead Man. There's no, there's no comparison. Yeah, and I, I just actually just jumped onto Letterbox while you were speaking and uh, rated my gave Ginger Dead Man series my ratings, and they're identical to yours. I think I'm okay. right there with you. I might bump Saturday Night Cleaver down to one and a half stars. I think. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fair. I think I yeah, mm. that's fair. I considered it, but uh anyway, we're talking rare. <laughs> Sorry guys. So um, <laughs> still a little PTSD. Um I think it 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 really worked for me all the way up until the, like pretty much the last shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I wasn't a huge fan with the direction. Yeah. It went at the very very end, mm-hmm. but I thought it was pretty creepy. Um there's yeah. not a lot of scares. There's yeah. not a lot of gore. Mm-hmm. Not a high body count in this one. Yeah. It is definitely... It's not a kid's movie at all. No. I wouldn't show this to my children. No, you could show but, this to like a 12 or a 13-year-old, maybe. I mean, I'm no parent. Yeah. I'm no parent, but that seems to be where it's like... I wouldn't show this to someone who isn't like probably watching Pornhub on their phone already. Um, <laughs> because there is a lot of old man dick in the movie. <laughs> probably, definitely the highest amount of old man dick we've ever covered in a movie. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, it does have a pretty good creep factor to it. Yeah. Uh, which I think is the strongest suit. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm with you. I think it's shot really wonderfully. It looks, it looks great. It's such a, it's such a fantastic use of natural um, locations um, where it's just like, you don't need special effects when you're in Lapland and you're just shooting like, snow-covered mountains and these amazing vistas and stuff. It's like, yeah, it looks awesome. Um, it does. But the but the but it is shot really well. Like, it's not just, you know, the environment, although the environment does a lot of heavy lifting, but it's like you still have to be talented. And, yeah, mm-hmm. this really strong cinematography. And I think that this is, like, a classic movie for me with, like, a really fun premise. It's very creative and and really, it's just like I start to have questions when it comes to the execution and like the delivery on the premise. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. I think that like, and again, this goes back to like grading on a curve where it's like this is, so the director, uh, his name is Yalmari Hellander, and he was essentially, I think, just a commercial director. 
um, and had made two not even short films, really. They were commercials uh, that that spawned this film. Um, so I don't know exactly or it was like a commercial production company had like decided to make them. I don't know if they were explicitly selling anything, but it was just like these rare exports in incorporated shorts that came out in the early 2000s. Um, and so I, uh, Oh, sorry. I got sidetracked from my point though. So it's like, you know, the context of this, that this is his first feature film. Um, and it's coming from a country that we don't think of as having a particularly robust film industry certainly, Mm -hmm. certainly exists. And, and, you know, but it's like, I, I couldn't tell you another Finnish movie if you put a gun to my head. Um, and that may be my bias. It, it is a lot of my bias, but also it's like, you know, it is what it is. They're not like breaking into the mainstream a whole bunch. Um, right. But anyways, it's like very, very cool and exciting for for that. But I think that like the big ideas that it has, I rarely would say something like this about any movie, but it's a little like it is very short. And I think that it like la- like it lacks some body. I think, yeah, I can see that, and and it, it lacks. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, go you ahead. go ahead, please. It, it it is kind of all plot in a lot of ways. There's some brief mm-hmm. um, character development between the father and the son, right? But other than that, it's just kind of like go 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 go. Yeah, and even with that being the case, it also feels like there are just pieces of the plot sort of missing. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not to say like, it makes sense. Like I was able to track what's happening from beginning to end, but there's just like, there are things that I would have liked to see, um, mm-hmm. that we never see. And, and I think that, um, you know, so for that reason, like, I think that it is a movie that I found to be a really cool accomplishment and it was definitely fun to watch and I enjoyed it on the whole, but it also sort of feels like, you know what it reminds me of is, and, and, but it doesn't reach the same levels, but it's, it's, it almost feels like evil dead where it's like mm, you have, yeah, sure. you have within the woods as this like progenitor short film. Right. And then you have this first outing by a relatively, uh, you know, unseasoned director, which is this movie. And I almost mm. want to see the Evil Dead 2 version of Rare Exports where it's like, okay, make it again with more money. Have, like, flesh out your characters more. Do more stuff. Show me more yeah. of what's going on. Just make it bigger. Um, and that's, like, the, because the thing is, it has the tone and the feeling of, like, almost like a blockbuster movie. Like, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's a small film but it's not like a, it doesn't feel indie at all. It feels very much like like a big movie. And that is something that I think is also a great accomplishment is they make it feel very high value for, for what it is. Mike, that's a great comparison, comparing this to the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 1. Well, thanks. Uh, because it, it, it not like in tone of movie, but in the product that comes out of it. It's like, oh, this is clearly made by somebody with talent yep. and a good sense of craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do. You wish there was more. I do. There is a sequel, um, which we don't usually cover. To we're mm-hmm. probably not going to cover 
Mm. Yeah, but uh, I am curious to see the changes. Is there like, a sequel? I thought the sequel was the sequel to the short. I thought there. I I thought I read that there was a sequel. Let's see. Um, let's see. <laughs> now time for everyone's the, favorite segment. Eric and Mike. Mike Google. and Eric Google stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or Dick Gooley. I'm sorry, Dick. Dick Gooley, uh, in the house. Um, yeah, I think. Ooh, Rare Exports Two: Krampus Awakens. <laughs> It's a great title. But it's not Krampus, is it? I think it's, no, it's yeah, think it's so. something else. As far as I know, um I I I was not aware of the existence of a sequel. There is the original Rare Exports Inc., which is a 2003 short, and then that has a sequel from 2005 mm-hmm. called Rare Exports The Official Safety Instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, the feature from 2010, is called Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Um, and if there is a sequel, I was unaware of its existence, and I would happily watch it. Um, but yeah, while Eric continues to Google... Uh, no, it's, I, I can't reach my, my, my keyboard, so I was just <laughs> clicking on stuff. Damn these Tyrannosaurus <laughs> arms. Um, <laughs> well, I could use, actually, I'll use this computer. <laughs> Uh, so I, what I was going to say uh-huh. is um, kind of to your point, like the, the at the very beginning when um, the Santa Claus or what we later find out is Santa mm. Claus being uh, unearthed, the uh, owner of that company mm-hmm. who's like bankrolling it all gives everybody a checklist of things to do. Yeah. Like, oh, these are the new rules. No swearing. Mm-hmm. No something. Blah, blah. You never really see that get. Yeah. Um, and and you, you that, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Like, yeah. Santa Claus is gonna kill the naughty people, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really happen. No, yeah. Uh, so that does feel like a bit of a a missed opportunity there. Yeah, and I think uh, just the scale of it too, right? Where it's like, you know, I would love to see Santa Claus, evil Santa Claus, like whether we see Santa Claus or not, which is a, a choice that they make not to show. You never actually mm-hmm. see Santa Claus in his entirety. He's meant to be quite terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I support it because it's like one of those things where it's like, well, how are you going to really deliver? And it's like, yeah, well, if you never see him, that's fine. Uh, I think it works, but I would have loved to see the impact on a whole town as opposed to like, we literally meet like three dads, two sons yeah. and one cop. And that's it. Those are like all the characters we have uh, that have dialogue in the movie, you know, and it's like this idea that you're talking about, like, oh, this naughty and nice list. Like, it would have been great to see like a town, like a whole town, like under assault, but totally um, and dealing with all this stuff. And we find out about a lot of things like sort of after the fact. I mean, not to like get too deep into the plot because we're going to talk about it, but you know, there's a plot point where there are like a series of thefts that are happening. Um, and we only mm-hmm. ever hear about them. Like it's the kind of mm-hmm. thing where in a, in a, in a bigger movie, I would have loved to see a lot of that stuff happening. Yeah. And, see like the, the character actor playing a townswoman, like going into her bathroom yeah. and seeing her like hairdryer getting mm-hmm. stolen or like dragged out the window or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that would help build tension. I think that the movie has a little bit of a pacing issue for that reason because, sure. cause it just doesn't, it doesn't build 
it do, it builds to a certain degree, but it doesn't build at the sort of steady pace that you'd like to have. It's not as massaged out, and it just kind of like it lurches forward in terms. Of, and I think again, that's a product of being so plot driven. Yeah. You know what it needs is a bit of Gremlins, uh, and I'm, <laughs> it is sort of a one to one comparison yeah. because they're both Christmas horror mm-hmm. movies. But it needs a bit of that, like like the towns getting to know the weirdos in the town a bit right. before the yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so I, I I I cannot find anything official about Krampus too. So I'm guessing you mean it just rare never exports never too? came to be. <laughs> uh, that, sorry, Ra- rare exports to the Krampus awake. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I I don't know if that was ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean overall, I think like this is a fun movie that I enjoyed that shows a lot of promise, but doesn't deliver on all of its promise that's kind of that's my overall feeling um for a little bit of more i mean i get honestly like the amount of background that i have i've I've given up most of it already so we had Mm -hmm. this commercial production company called woodpecker film they're based out of finland and in 2003 they financed rare exports inc which was a short uh same writer and director yalmari hellander Um, Mm. and in that movie, that short was really what's, what's interesting to me about the existence of these shorts and, and, and how the, the, the feature came to be is that it's the sort of dissonant final moments of this movie. That's the shared DNA of the short films. Oh, so it's this idea that the the original short the the basic plot is that there are these hunters searching the wilderness for a wild santa claus um mm-hmm. because they like sort of capture and ship out santa clauses to other parts of the world right that's where the okay. that's where the title rare exports comes from um yeah. this idea that they're exporting wild santa claus I don't know what the plural of Santa Santa Cly, um, Santa Cly, yeah, uh, from from what uh, from the north of Finland, um, yeah, and so that's and that's that's kind of what the uh, shorts are about, and then what's interesting about the movie is we don't really get that note until the end, and like like mm-hmm. you sort of uh, hinted at, like for me that was a part of the movie that sort of didn't really work. Uh, or yeah. felt kind of oddly tacked on. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, even the way it looks too is look look completely different than the rest. It of It looks the movie. like a commercial. The rest of the movie looks like a movie, and then the end looks like uh, yeah, like like a fucking Coke commercial or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, really well reviewed film. Um. Like very well received uh, internationally when it came out, and again, like I can totally understand why. It's like it kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, your entire cast, uh, your crew, everything. This is, this is a Finnish production, although it was shot in Norway. Um, Oh, really? But in the same, in, in the same area of the world, Lapland, uh, as it's referred to, um, which like, I mean, is the, the northernmost region, of Finland, but it also borders Norway up there. And I think they just shot on the other side of the border, more or less. Um, 
you know, who knows, maybe, maybe it was, uh, there were better tax incentives, who can say, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, as is often the case with, um, movies like this, especially from Europe, uh, there is some, uh, financial support from the state, right? So the Finnish Film Foundation helps bankroll this. Uh, they also, and I think that they also had similar investment from Norway as too. So the Norwegian Film Institute, um, Film Pool Nord, and, and a couple other places like that. So it's one of those cool things about countries that aren't the U.S. that there is an yeah. actual investment. I think we've talked about this once or twice on the podcast. There's like, yeah, with Canada, yeah, public investment in the arts, right? So yeah, part of the budget of this movie came from the you know the federal government, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, thoughts, feelings, you want to throw anything else in there? Questions, comments, concerns? Um, not that I can think of. I, I'm looking over this, the, this guy's other movies, um, and it, it's all, uh, stuff I've never, oh, you know what? I, I have heard of this movie, Big Game. Um, but anyway, that's neither here mm. nor there. Mm-hmm. Has Samuel L. Jackson in it. That's interesting. Wow. And is that the same <laughs> kid from this one? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. O- Oni uh, Tomia? Tomila? Tomila. Tomia. That was my Spanish pronunciation. Tomila Tamala. I'm going to probably butcher so many of these names. I apologize to our Finnish listeners. Yeah. but It's a tough language for us dummies here in the states to wrap our heads around yeah as opposed to all the other languages that we're so fluent yeah, in. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay cool that's that's all great info and hey let's uh take a quick break and then we can come back and start talking about this movie okay we got a really stunning opening shot which is um a pretty nice change of pace <laughs> from what we've seen previously and then finally we got some boobs. First time in the series. We're on a tropical island. Three topless women fan off somebody on a beach chair. It's all clearly green screen. What a hot cookie. We reveal oh it's gosh. the ginger dead man. He's got a tropical drink in his hand. Being fanned off by three topless women. You piece of shit. How much of this how much of the movie did you watch to do this bit? His mouth is clearly animated this time, and it looks like total shit. A little faster, gals. I'm starting to get a crust. He's in a bad mood. Why is he in a bad mood? He's getting fanned off by topless women while drinking a tropical drink on a, on a beach. If it weren't for that floozy in the bakery turning me into this, I'd be blowing custard all over the three of you. Oh, boy. Look at me. I'm shooting flour over here. So people at home... Like, I'm here for you because it would be very easy to listen to this and just be like, oh, they fucked up the record and they started to do <laughs> Evil Bong versus Ginger Dead Man and they put the wrong pieces together. Um, no, seriously, answer my all question. Right, How much right. did you actually watch? Uh, we'll see. Let's uh, let's keep going. <laughs> no. uh, so now he says he's going to finish what he started. And he's going to cut her down to size. He's talking about the character from the first movie mm. who turned him into a cookie. Uh, but how are we going to find her? Suddenly a newspaper falls from the sky on the beach and it's an article about whatever her name, Sarah from the first movie. Sarah Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fucking kill her credits. 
Okay, that's it. That's all I did. <laughs> all right, rare uh, exports. Uh, <laughs> We're in a construction office. Um, it's like a, a one of the construction dudes, or I don't know, one of the, I don't. He's not a construction guy, but one of the guys excavating tells the owner of the company. I never got the owner's name. Did you? Um, I don't know if they even say it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll check. Um, Doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Sub Zero so, is the name of the company, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah Sub Zero. Okay. Um, so he he pulls out his tube of sawdust that they found. They excavated deep in this mountain. The level of sawdust is sixty five feet thick. Uh, and then the boss guy, he looks sort of like a like a out of the Christmas Carol, like a Dickensian. He has like these mm. little glasses. In the olden days, people stored ice by encasing it in sawdust. Storing what? Well, why don't you drill deeper and see? Uh, then that's when he pulls out these new safety cards, and on it, it says, no swearing, no smoking. Uh, it's Christmas time. Act like it. So there's that, like, clearly he knows that they're about to dig up Santa. Mm-hmm. The yeah. other guys don't know, and he's right. passing out like, oh, Santa, when he, Santa comes, He's uh he's not gonna be happy. So mm-hmm. here you have to follow these rules. Um, that kind of bring brings up one of my complaints with the movie is that everybody seems to know this evil, especially, um, Pietari, yeah. the main character boy. Mm-hmm. He kind of just knows what's happening, which is like they don't explain ever why. Yeah, this is. I mean, he has some old books, right? That he mm-hmm. that he goes through and gets some info. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I at least for for Pitari, it worked for me because I was just like, well, it's it's the you know imagination of a child would would mm. a, would allow one to believe these old stories. That everyone else dismisses. But I think so. I think to your point, one of the things they they could have done a better job of is establishing this mythology and perhaps like having some sort of argument between him and his dad Uh where his dad is like, those are just stories. That's not real. And he's like, no, it's real, you know, because that's what we're essentially supposed to be believing as the audience. But they never really cover that. And again, it's like like, you know, it's there isn't a lot of exchange between characters in right. this movie it's just things just happen um and riley by the way is i i, I figured out is the name of the um oh the, yeah the guy right. funding yeah. this expedition yeah riley yeah uh so meanwhile two little boys pitari and yuso mm-hmm. are watching this whole this all happen them pulling up the sample um riley calls everyone together my dream since an early child is about to come true. I can proudly say that we are standing on a sacred grave. On the biggest burial ground in the world, it puts the pyramids to shame. You have 24 days to open it. Uh, he's uh, addressing everybody on the top of this gorgeous mountain. It looks fantastic. Um, so Yuso and, and uh, Patari, like... Patari immediately knows it's Santa Claus. He's like, that's Santa down there. And Yusuf's like, no, it's not Santa. They they rush down from the mountain, get on their snowmobile. Um, they look up just as one of the blast charges blows the top of the mountain ominously. It's a good explosion. Yeah. yeah, good explosion. Uh, then we get credits over Patari doing research on the origins of Santa. And it's all these like really scary Santa books where like santa has horns and looks like a demon 
uh, I guess maybe it's a Krampus. I'm not really sure. The it's not. Legend of the so it's not Krampus, but I mean, in the way that a lot of these things come from the same legends. Uh, so in Finland, and God forgive me on this attempted pronunciation, uh, Julepuki, um literally uh, uh, means Christmas goat or <laughs> Yule goat. Um, it's a pagan tradition. It's a goat man who would appear. Uh, goat man. He would sometimes be a goat man, uh, sometimes human. I don't know. An old man. Um, yeah, it's this is this is Lapland Santa Claus. Okay. Um, yeah, basically, it's not Krampus. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some of the same like evil, insidious vibes. You know, mm-hmm. he's like ugly and he scares children and that kind of stuff. Just know? essentially bullying your kids into behaving. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Which is what Santa does too, but he doesn't <laughs> threaten mortal harm. Yeah, it is weird that uh, America, we're the ones who decided to make Santa like uh well, I guess it's sort of a capitalist version of it, right? Where it's like Yeah, it's like created by Coca-Cola. <laughs> the, what? The modern day look of Santa Claus really? was created by Coca-Cola. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. like the ba- the fat man with the big beard and stuff. Huh. Um so y- y- Pitari and his father live right at the base of this mountain is mm-hmm. one day left to Christmas. We know this because Patari has his advent calendar. Uh, Patari's father, Runo, I think his name is. Runo? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. <clears throat> um, Round, yeah. he's, sharp, he's sharpening a stake and putting it into like a pit, like a mud pit. A, pung- a what, punji sticks, right? Isn't that what they call that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like v- Vietnam mm-hmm. traps. <laughs> uh he lays branches over the top and hangs a pig head as bait, and we hear a wolf howl in the distance. Um, and then Pitari looks out his, his window, and he sees footsteps, and he lives on the second floor. So mm-hmm. Somebody was up on his roof. <clears throat> he goes out to his father's shed, or his, essentially his dad's a butcher. Yeah, the slaughterhouse. Yeah. The slaughterhouse, yeah. Um, inside, the dad's chopping up a pig. That's definitely real. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a real pig. It's gross. Yeah, so if you're like a vegan, if you get triggered by that sort of thing, like this is probably the most violence there is in the movie, uh, which mm-hmm. is we get a fairly methodical butchering of an actual pig. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome to watch, and I've done it. Um, and I you butchered a pig? I have. I have helped. I think I've helped butcher three pigs in my life. Uh, wow. All in my former career as a chef. Um Never this much blood. They'd been frozen and drained for some sure. Time, but yeah, I so Patari is like really reluctant to go into the slaughterhouse. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to see. And I can I can totally sympathize with that. Um, my dad was a big deer hunter, mm. and so every once in a while in the fall, we would just have a skinned deer carcass hanging sure. in our garage. Sure. Or from like from our garage, and yeah. it's just like. And Tough to watch. And you told me you'd always walk in on your dad and his buddies playing Russian roulette, right? That was a big... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's a pastime. They were reliving their nom days, back to nom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to call out that Rauno uh, is played by Jorma Tamila. So this is actually a real father and son. Um, oh, interesting. Yes, and um, Jorma is the director's brother-in-law. So Oni Tamila, the actor who plays Pitari, is the director's nephew. 
Oh, yeah. nepotism. That's right. I should have been up for this role, goddammit. <laughs> uh, so he tells his dad about the footsteps. Of course, his dad just kind of brushes him off. He goes back up, up into his room and looks out his window at the mountain. He's watching us, he says, to a stuffed animal. I think his name is Voopy or something. Yeah. He is like, oh, uh, is it sorry and his, Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. I was, is it Wolf in Finnish? Is that what it is? That's what I assumed it like was. Like Wolfie, yeah. yeah. Pichari and his dad ride their snowmobile to some uh, gathering. It's like a hunting gathering. Um, they have like a big corral that's all rigged up with electricity. And essentially what they were... I was a little confused because I'm not familiar with how they hunt reindeer. <laughs> but they're all there. Like the dad and a couple of his buddies... Yuso's dad, Amo, I think his name is. Uh, I'm going to keep saying I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And then another guy. Um, oh, he has a real crazy name. What is It's not crazy. That's, that's <laughs> shitty. That's really dumb of me to say. It's in like uh, a totally different language. It's fucked up. <laughs> Peeparinen. Yeah. Peeparinen? Peeparinen. Yeah. Peeparinen. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so sorry to anybody who can understand Finnish. I'm fucking it up. Um. So I, essentially what they're waiting for is this big herd of reindeer to come in and they can, they can mm-hmm. herd them into this corral, electrify it so they can't get out, and then they have, they're going to slaughter them and sell them. Yeah. Each reindeer is worth like $85,000. No, all the reindeer together are worth $85,000. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, soon our freezers will be brimming with meat. Uh, but unfortunately, there's only two skinny runts, and they've been taken out by wolves, they think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hop on their snowmobiles and they come to the gate at the front of where the excavation is taking place at the base of the mountain. The field is covered in dead reindeer. What kind of wolves would do this? And they, they think what happened is the blasting at the top is stirring up the wolves, driving them down from the mountain. Imo um, is pissed off. They, that's like $85,000 worth of dead reindeer. Mm-hmm. Pitari pushes one of the carcasses over and sees a big human footprint. Yeah. Also, I feel it's funny. This is the first time it gets established that like Imo is the math guy. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so every time they're like, uh, Rauno is always like, Imo, how much is that? And he does like for a second in his head and then he like does the calculation of how much money it's going to cost. The movie's funnier than I gave it credit for when I first started mm. watching it. I wasn't mm. really like dialed into it yet, yeah. but by the end, it it kind of it gets a little goofy. Yeah, it's a good sense of humor, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dad shoots the lock in the gate to the blast site, and they snowmobile up to the top. That building that we saw at the beginning is completely empty, and then Patari sees a map of the dig site with like something circled where they pulled something out, and they're like, he's like, oh. They found him. So he knows exactly what's going on. Uh, it's a cool shot as like the, they're at the giant cavern leading down into the mountain. And uh, Patari's dad lights a flare and tosses it down. And it doesn't even hit bottom. They can't even mm. see it hit bottom. Thousands of meters deep. Yeah. Back at the house, Patari is stapling up the last day of his advent calendar. <laughs> and he's dressed in uh, like total, like all hockey padding. And has a, like a gun slung over his shoulder. <laughs> um, he's with Yuso. He's like tell, tells him to put some armor on. And Yuso kind of just blows him off. 
Uh, and he shows him, Patari shows Yuso picks the pictures of the evil Santa Claus dipping kids in boiling oil. And this is where he, he says, like, the real Santa Claus is a hoax created by Coca-Cola. Uh, or the, fa- the sa- Santa Claus as we know it is a hoax. The real Santa Claus, he tears naughty kids to pieces. Uh, and the Sami people, I'm probably mispronouncing that, got angry in, back in the past, lured mm-hmm. him over the ice, over the lake. He fell through the lake into the water and froze. And then they chiseled out that giant block of ice and buried him deep in the mountain. Yeah. It's, did, it said, did they say it took centuries to dig oh, the hole I, or something like that? Yeah. I may have missed that. I'm sure, yeah, because it's huge. It's yeah. A, it, a huge uh, hole. Um, so then he wants you, Pitari wants them to confess and you kind of don't know what it is that he wants him to confess to. He's like, should we confess? So we're not, we don't get in trouble from Santa. And you says like, what do you think our dad will do if we finds out that you're the cause of the reindeer dying? I was confused by that line. Cause I was like, well, something's going to come up, come of it. Right. Well, eventually never really does. I mean, and it's really, Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, yeah, I mean, eventually Patari like fesses up and that kind of gets p- the plot moving a little bit. Yeah. And it really, what, what Patari is talking about is that they snuck up to the top of the mountain to see what the guys are digging up. Mm-hmm. So I don't really understand Yuso's logic of like, well, you caused the reindeer to die. Well, they think that right now the wolves got out from the mountain oh, through the hole they cut in through the, the fence. Hole. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I missed that. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's uh. It's probably looking down and taking notes when that's all right. That's why. That's why there's two of us. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. That makes the, it a lot more sense. I cover the gaps. Uh, he goes downstairs in his full armor and gun over his shoulder, and his dad's making up a ginger dead man cookie. <laughs> they eat ginger. They eat gingerbread man cookies. Yeah. For dinner, like, which is depressing. Yeah. Just like mom used to make. Uh. So there's a dead mom. They don't really get into it. They don't get into how she died or what or anything. But you know that like there's this there's a tension between Patari and his father. Yeah, yeah. This uh, movie this movie doesn't do women. <laughs> no, yeah. Is there any women in this movie? I don't believe so. No. Yeah, you're right. I don't think there is. Yeah. Um. And then uh uh you know the basically uh, the dad's depressed because he's single raising Patari by himself. Mm-hmm. Patari takes that to mean that like he you know is mad at him for some reason. Um he's like uh dad, do you think I've been good? And he s- slings his rifle up over his shoulder and heads upstairs. Merry Christmas, dad. The dad wipes a tear from his eyes. Mm-hmm. Then up in his room, Patari sits on a pile of suitcases with his gun and looks out the window at the ready waiting for Santa, but unfortunately nods off to sleep. And he, we had established earlier that he has this, uh, system where he holds a ring of keys. And if he Mm -hmm. falls asleep, he'll drop them into a pot and that'll wake him up. But his keys get stuck on a loose thread on his sweater and just kind of slowly go into the pot, which I thought Mm -hmm. was cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. At the construction site, um, like the guys are a buzz. They get a call from Riley. Is the cargo ready? Cargo? You don't understand. It still has a pulse. And then four hard hats hit the ground. And a set of legs steps in front of the camera. Everything goes black. So if four people just died, 
I'm assuming the fifth died. Body count five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, the dad burned a roast overnight in the oven, I guess. <laughs> right, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, wait, didn't they, weren't they eating gingerbread cookies for dinner? And then he put the roast. It's just a lot. Listen, I need help. I need help understanding the meal plan at this house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a roast would take, like, a roast that size would probably take a couple hours. Wouldn't take, like, yeah, you wouldn't do it overnight. No. Overnight. No. Mm-mm. Uh, he goes to light a fire and something blows out of the fireplace at him. Patari runs downstairs and the dad checks what it is and it's a wolf trap with a piece of wood stuck in it and he blames it on Patari. Pretty classic um, adult in a horror movie mm. interacting with a kid where a kid gets blamed for some weird ass bullshit. That- well, <laughs> hold on. Let me <laughs> clarify this again now. So sure. what happened was... Patari put the trap in the fireplace oh, in case fuck. Santa Claus came. Uh, and then dad went to go light a fire. And in the process of trying to put a log in, the thing snapped closed on the log, almost taking his hand off. Okay, so what I thought happened, uh, which you are 100% correct. Mm. I'm showing my ass again here, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I am an intelligent person, but sometimes. Uh, what I thought happened was one of the... Uh, the Santa Claus. I don't uh-huh. know why I'm hiding the surprise, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like, at, like, just did it to spite them, to be like, hey, you tried to fucking catch me. Fuck mm. you. I'm putting this in your chimney. But yeah, you, what you think makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We'll just chalk it up. I assume you were, uh, your attention was diverted as you were texting with your Nigerian concubine. <laughs> No, she was asleep by then. Okay. She goes to sleep around seven. Why? That's so weird. <laughs> I don't know. She says she's based in LA, but she goes to sleep around seven. <laughs> All right. Uh, and also, it's types in broken English. Um, <laughs> so Patari goes outside to pee, and he sees that the bait, the head of the pig over the pit, is gone. And uh, the pit has been activated. There's, you know, branches are pushed off. There's a bloody mm-hmm. pike in there with feathers stuck to it. And uh, the dad pushes aside a branch, and there's a human hand there. Mm-hmm. They go inside and eat gingerbread man cookies. There's some father <laughs> and son shit where Patari <laughs> thinks the dad's mad at him, but really he's just sad. Yeah. And then a car pulls up. It's uh, Piperen. And he helps Patari's dad, uh, you know, drag over, drag the body out of the pit. Mm-hmm. They think they killed somebody. Uh, they bring it back into the butcher shack, find the guys, find a passport on the thing, on the, the body. Right. Uh, it's one of the, they think it's one of the guys from the mountain and they're freaking out because it's... those wolf pits are illegal. They should never yeah. have been doing that. And now it's killed somebody. Mm-hmm. It's an American. It's an American too, yeah. Yeah, they got to cut the body up and dispose of it. Um, Patari jumps down into the pit and find reaches into a sack that's in there and finds like a a really creepy ass doll made out of like moss and shit. Like yeah, it's a it's replica like of a kid. Wood and yeah, it's got like, like a fr- branches for hair. It's very yeah, yeah. It's cool. So like, I mean. I guess I'll, I'll ruin the surprise, guys. This is one of the Santas, one of the elves that's coming for Patari. Right. Uh, and he fell into the pit. So it's a good thing that pit was there because Patari would have been 
taken. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about to cut the body up, but then they it moves. The guy's still breathing. Patari's looking in through the window at them at the, in the butcher in the slaughterhouse, and uh, the guy's coming too. <clears throat> and the dad sees Patari. Patari runs off. Uh, you know, out of the yard. Patari, uh, his dad gets in his truck and um, you know gets to Patari right when Patari is getting into a cop car. Mm-hmm. Falls behind. They go to uh, Imo's house. It's a, he's a potato farmer. And um, reminder, he's Yusa's dad. All of his potatoes have been ransacked. There's potatoes everywhere. And yeah, it's a cool reveal because he's like telling everybody. He's like, yeah, somebody robbed my potato you know harvest mm-hmm. and they're like and the cops like they took all your potatoes and he's like no they took all the sacks yeah and then it yeah, yeah. and then it reveals the barn full of just empty uh it's just potatoes strewn everywhere so yeah it's cool it's a cool shot too yeah. um and the police officer says that almost Every house in the area has had their radiators stolen. Mm-hmm. And Imo even had his wife's hairdryer stolen. <clears throat> Patari goes to find Yuso up in his room, which is like the top of a fucking shack. <laughs> Everybody here lives in shacks. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Reminds me of like my ice fishing days with my father up in yeah. northern Maine. And you guys sitting out there on the ice playing Russian roulette? Yeah. <laughs> He was in a cold sweat, even <laughs> though it was already cold. <clears throat> he goes into, he pulls off Yuso's covers, and it's one of those bark dolls. Yuso's been taken. Um, so he tries to tell the fathers and the cop, but the cop's not buying it. Classic. Yeah. Kid's missing. He's like, ah, he's probably just snuck out. Yeah, that there. To- he'll be he'll be back by he'll by be back. nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they ask Imo's dad to come back with him because he speaks English and they think the guy's American. And then back there, Peeperin pulls like the plastic away from the guy on the table, and uh, suddenly his eyes open, and he lunges. At Peeperin, it goes cuts to black. The other guys arrive. Um, Peeperin's had his ear bitten off by the bearded guy mm-hmm. on the ground. <clears throat> Imo and and then the rest they step inside the slaughterhouse, which I kept writing as the butcher place because I couldn't think of the word slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, butcher house five thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so this this Santa guy, who we assume now is Santa Claus, the evil Santa Claus, is naked and crouched on the floor. They, like, start prodding him with a broom and be like, hey, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> the guy's not responding. He's creepy as fuck. He's yeah. a dirty, naked old man. It's very, old man. very thin. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Patari is up in his room making calls to the other houses in the area, and all the kids have gone missing. In the slaughterhouse, they whack Santa with a broom, and um, they still think he's like one of the mountain guys, and they blame him for all of the reindeer being slaughtered, so they want money from him. Then Patari steps in, Santa snaps to attention, and um, 
he confesses to his dad that he went up to the mountain and saw them and left a hole in the fence. So he's a re- trying to repent for his sins um, so that the Santa won't get him. Um, and then, <laughs> wait, what? Anyway, Santa Santa bit a stick in half, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, they, yeah, it's supposed to be some sort of show of how strong and scary he is, but it looks like it's just a stick. Yeah, it looks like a normal stick. I don't I yeah. maybe it was in his mouth, I'm not really sure, but he Santa bit it in half. <laughs> um once again, Santa locks in on Pitari when he stands in, stands when he walks in, he Santa stands up. Um and then Pitari's dad's like, All right, what's going on here? Pitari explains he's Santa Claus. He's come to get me. They dug him up from the mountain. And then Santa starts coming at him. And I think maybe Imo shoots him in the shoulder. I couldn't really tell what happens, but I think he shoots him in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Then they tie him up and hang him from the ceiling. Uh, a walkie-talkie squawks to life from a jacket on the ground, and it and it says like, "Is Santa ready for you know transport or something along yeah, those lines?" Yeah, it's Riley. It's Riley. Uh, Patari's dad picks it up. We have Santa Claus. And their plan now is they're going to sell Santa Claus back to the the excavate like the company who dug him up, mm-hmm. you know, to make up for the price of the dead reindeer. They arrive at some facility. A helicopter lands. Imo finds his wife's hair dryer on the ground. Uh, the door opens of the helicopter, and Riley steps out. Um, who are you? Where are my men? Uh, there's funny. He's like, "Where are my men?" And they don't really speak English. So one, yeah. one of them respond like, "Imo responds with, yeah, yeah, we we are men. Let's do business.'" <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Imo's, uh, yeah, Imo's the only one who speaks any English, and his English is not great. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so where's the cargo? They wheel Santa over. They have him like in uh, the, in, a, in the back. Of, they they had loaded him up in the in a cage in the back mm-hmm. of the truck. Um, yeah, Riley it's a, goes. It's a real classic man-sized cage. Yeah, what do they have that cage like, for? Yeah, okay, all right, sure, why not? <laughs> um, so Riley goes over to inspect Santa. Meanwhile, Patari is wandering around and he sees this big warehouse with the numbers twenty-four on it. It looks just like his advent calendar. Mm-hmm. He sets Vulpi down, opens a door. Um. Oh, I think I'm losing power. Oh no, your UBS is keeping you alive. Yeah, that's what that beep is. Yeah. What? Oh. what the fuck? But I have internet still. Is your router plugged into the UBS? No. Hmm. Maybe just no, in maybe the basement. Just a surge. Okay. Uh, well, we'll continue anyway, with the podcast. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Some excitement there. Um, so then, uh, oh yeah, because so Riley's like, all right, put down your weapons and smile as nice as you can. Move slowly and do exactly as I say. This is not Santa. This is one of Santa's little helpers. And then the lights go out, and he says, "Santa is going to find out who's naughty or nice." A dude, like one of the one of the guys with Riley, gets dragged away off into the darkness. Body count six. 
And then from the fucking woods, there are all these naked sand, these naked elves, <laughs> these old men. Yeah. And then Riley's like, they're protecting their master. Suddenly, a pickaxe flies through the air, sm- smashes into his head, kills him. Body counts up to seven. They run into the warehouse, and Patari is standing up, staring up at uh, this gigantic block of ice with all the radiators circling around it, melting mm-hmm. the ice. It's Santa Claus. He's fucking huge. Yeah. He has giant horns. Like coming 20, out of the 20 ice. feet tall, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool reveal. It, I, I, yeah. didn't, I had no idea of this reveal that like, oh, that's not Santa Claus. Right. It's just one of his elves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the elves are trying to defrost him, and there's naughty kids from the town in sacks on the ground. They're all alive. Uh, the elves start pounding on the door. The ice that Santa's enclosed in is cracking. Imo grabs Yuso from the sack. Um, and then Patari looks up at the the roof, like the roof is broken, easily could get something in and out of there. Mm-hmm. He has an idea. Um, as long as the kids are here, the elves won't leave the hangar. It's either me or Santa, and I suggest Santa. Uh, so Peepering goes outside. The elves are creepy as fuck. <laughs> They're all like slowly walking towards him with weapons in their hands and are completely nude. <laughs> yeah, we get um, some good danglers. <laughs> some real old man danglers. Yeah. Um, Peeper in distracts him by tossing gingerbread at them and gets into the helicopter. Apparently, he's a helicopter pilot. They load the sacked kids up into this giant net for the helicopter to pick up. Peeper in's gonna pick them up and lift them out of there. Um. Uh, what's his face? Patari grabs onto the net just as Peeperin hauls him up. So he's just kind of like hanging out. <laughs> yeah, it's very action movie. Kind of like uh, he's hanging off the edge of the cargo net. Like uh, it reminds me of some other movie. I can't remember. Yeah, why, there is fun. a movie yeah. uh, where a hero does that, and I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm also blanking on which one yeah. it is. Uh, so he, but he's also like a little kid being flown through the fucking sub zero weather at night well that's it freezing yeah i got very confused at one point because i was like wait this is the north of finland and so i went and ended up doing like some googling because i was like i feel like maybe there's no sunlight this time of year and it's certainly got to be freezing cold turns out it's not as far north as i thought oh okay Um, so i checked i mean it's still cold but i went and checked it out and uh, the projected temperatures for next week which would be uh, this week. If you're listening to the podcast on Monday, it's, you know, this movie takes place in three days, um, you know, mm. on the calendar, not uh, the same year, you know, 10 years ago. But mm. anyways, my point being, it's like 10 degrees. It's not even negative. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, 10 winters. degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. And the sun does rise from 9 a.m. until 3, 3 p.m. So there's a six hour day. Oh, at, this, okay. at this time of year. So very short, but you still you still have a day. You still have a sunrise and a sunset. So. And I, I wanted to say, too, I think that like that winter light really mm-hmm. adds to this movie because it's okay. like the magic hour lasts. It mm-hmm. seems to last a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's really most like, of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
Patari's dad in IMO, they start like drilling holes into the giant ice block that Santa's in and uh, sticking dynamite in there. All the nude elves are running after <laughs> Patari in Piparin in the helicopter. They're like running through the mountains. It's, I mean, it's clearly CG, but it's yeah. creepy. It's creepy and it's, fu- and it's funny too. It's just it like is funny. It's like these naked old men just hundreds running. Hundreds of naked old men. Yeah. 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 And this movie, we, this is something we've talked about before. And I think it's talked about a lot, but it's like when you have small budgets like this, this is the sort of judicious use of CGI that doesn't ruin a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, the way the, I, 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 it's actually a thing I love about foreign films trying to do kind of big budget looking stuff is, you know, you get a lot of like, okay, we only have so much money and so much time we can use the CGI. So we're going to just a select couple things we're going to use it for. And it doesn't it doesn't make you feel like you're in this made up dreamland like so mm-hmm. many, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not a person who hates like the MCU, but this is a problem with a lot of Marvel movies. It's a problem with DC movies and Star Wars and just at, at everything where it's like, hey, maybe maybe animate a couple things and then shoot a real shot in a real location and pop them in there. But instead they're like, no, we're just going to, everything's on a green screen. And it's like, it right, doesn't, right. It, it, it doesn't have the soul that, that, that it needs. And no, it doesn't uh, have the tangible, like the tangibility or whatever mm-hmm. the word would be. Yeah. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, end up the, the, the fathers, Imo and Runo, um, they have Santa all dynamited up. They st- <laughs> One of them says, you ever wonder how Santa could be in a zillion places at once? Well, now you know, because you're about to blast him. <laughs> That's the magic of Christmas. They cut off Santa's horns and load it into the truck. Uh, the helicopter's flying over the corral, the electrified corral, but the gate is closed. Batari, very bravely and stupidly, mm-hmm. jumps from the net grabs onto some cables and is able to get down from there. Yeah, and they set this up as a big emotional sacrifice moment yeah. where he's determined he's like, tell that... Tell my dad I yeah. love him. I'm not coming back. Yeah. Tell my dad what I did. Um, He opens a gate. This great shot of the nude old man cresting the hill, like bat, backlit by the moon. <laughs> yeah. Carrying weapons. Um, Then he closes his eyes as the elves run towards him meanwhile imo and rauno blow the warehouse with santa in it and patari opens his eyes and all of the santas all the elves have stopped they kind of just like look direction directionless what happened that's the miracle of christmas he tells people and take the kids home it's their bedtime the next morning, it's Christmas. The elves are still in the corral. Our heroes pull up in their truck. They, uh, well, if, if we could have gotten $85,000 for one Santa, hmm, there's 198 Santa Clauses here. What's that worth? They say to Imo, $16,800,000, or not dollars, but whatever no. their currency is, <laughs> plus 22% VAT, which is their tax. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how they get their wonderful system of uh, health care and, and other yeah. so, and social things, you know, so. Dad, you're quite a man. So are you. 
cut to black. Then it says 312 days to Christmas. <laughs> we get a shot of all the Santas being hosed down like prison style. <laughs> yeah. Some close, we get some close up dong in the yeah, in we do. a little more <laughs> light here. Too. Yeah. So if you're really craving that old man nudity, this is this is the piece de resistance. 76 days till Christmas. They're in a warehouse being taught how to have kids sit in their laps and to give them presents. Yeah, they're, they're being training tra- the Santas. They're training them to like pet the kids. And I'm like, that's yeah. not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're like, 24. They, they have all these dolls and they're all petting them. I'm like, that is problematic. You're going yeah, to get fired. You're going to get fired from son. your mall job. Yeah. <laughs> 24 days until Christmas, the Santas get loaded into crates with rare exports stamped on it. One of them's bound to Z- for Zanzibar. There's a whole warehouse full of them. And then we get this really shitty CG shot. They're being loaded into a cargo plane with our heroes watching the end. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting, interesting ending. I think I like it in concept. I kind of wanted like another, another like beat or two to kind of mm-hmm. accept that reality. Sure, it goes from being like you know it's a horror movie. It's about fucking killer Santa Clauses, but like it's still pretty grounded in reality through most of the. I movie. agree. Yeah, yeah. And then this is sort of like this broad comedic ending. It feels like just, a different tone from the rest of the film. Totally. Totally. Yeah. All right, there. That's rare exports. Uh, sorry for all you Ginger Dead fans out there, you Ginger Dead stands. <laughs> Maybe one day when we get to the Evil Bong series, we'll finally oh, get God. to Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. But in the meantime, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This movie's only ten years old. We here at Killstreak like to talk about moments that didn't age so well. I don't know that there's really anything in this movie that was like offensive or looked mm-hmm. bad or didn't age great. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's nothing offensive about the movie. I think. Um, I don't know. I don't like. I don't want to turn this category into just like a wokeness dumping yeah, ground. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, I mean, a lot of times we'll we'll focus on like the bad CGI, right, or, or right. effects or something. Yeah, I'm almost tempted to talk about how there are no women in the entire film, but it's like I don't know. It's fine. It's fucking Northern Finland. It, you know, it's yeah. it's. Uh, so yeah, I got nothing. I don't think there's anything. Problematic either. or or that has aged particularly poorly. Yeah, yeah I, I don't either. Um, best death. That's hard. This is a hard one because there are not a lot of great deaths in this movie. Not a lot of deaths, period, no. on screen. And I would say that that's a criticism that I could level. That's like the movie, I guess, is a horror movie, but it, it almost flirts with like it doesn't fully ever commit to it. And it's like, you know, I'd like to see some more kills and a, little, a bit more gore or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I guess Riley gets a good, he gets impaled, right? That's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, he gets a pickaxe in his head. Yeah. yeah that was going to be mine as well. Okay. And I think we don't, we don't need to be like, well, you said that one. So yeah, I'm going to say no. the guys who hard yeah. hats were yeah. thrown on the ground. <laughs> it's about to be 2021. Eric and I are going to shake things up around here. And sometimes oh, we'll, we'll pick the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> on the carpenter's scale, mm-hmm. um, 
we here at Killstreak like to rate the scariness of these movies against the filmography of John Carpenter. This isn't a very scary movie. There is a bit of creepiness to it. It is it's a creepy. creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some nice atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, the fog is one that we we just come to a lot. It's not violent enough to be the fog. I think. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. It's not scary enough to be like a Halloween. I mean, have we ever? This is one that we're not particularly well versed in, but I want to say that this feels like vampires to me. Yeah, vampires, or I was even even going to say Village of the Damned. Village of the Damned. Yeah, I would say it is a similar level of of scariness, and we've seen Village of the Damned now, so I feel I could feel more comfortable. Yeah, assigning that rating that works for me. Okay, let's let's lock it in. Village of the Damned. Okay, and then finally, Mary Fuck Kill. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a movie we never want to see again. Are we going to put a ring on it, watch it every Christmas time, or is it uh just one that we're gonna throw on every once in a while? Mm-hmm. What say you, my friend? Um, I would say that Rare Exports. Is a is squarely in the fuck category for me. I think okay. I think it's a success, uh, especially considering its modest sort of beginnings. Um, and I would probably watch it again, but not anytime soon. But maybe you know three four Christmases from now, I'd say, hey, that's kind of a fun one to throw on. And I would I would also recommend it to other people who are like, I'm looking for. If you're if you're out there looking for a Christmas or a holiday themed horror movie, you could mm-hmm. do a lot. You could do a lot worse than this. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't an all timer. It's I didn't love it. I liked it, and so, yeah. So I'll 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 certainly fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fuck this old man filled movie. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, I, I think I'm, I liked it a little bit more than you did, but mm-hmm. still, yeah, it's one I can. Definitely recommend. Um, I, I'm probably not going to watch it every year on Christmas time, but I will definitely watch this again at some point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, two fucks from the old Killed Streak boys. Isn't that what you've all been dreaming of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, guys, we are going to take a quick break, and then we have uh, a special announcement about what we're going to be doing in the new year with Killstreak, mm-hmm. and uh, I assume a final segment. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, we're back with a brand new segment. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell the good people listening in their homes, all bundled up in their beds, with mm-hmm. visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads, what we're about to be doing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, here on Killstreak, we cover horror movies, and we tried to hook you guys up with some holiday horror this month. Uh, we mostly failed, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm happy we, we we called this Audible to get Rare Exports in at the end. And uh, as this is lining up to be, uh, what did we decide, Eric? Is is this going to be our last episode of 2020? Um, oh, you know, we, we, didn't, we-, we didn't actually discuss, uh, arrive at an answer in that, but maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we should just start a, start a new in 2020 because yeah. we do have a, a special we thing s- we want to do for january yeah some exciting stuff coming for 2021 
so stay tuned for that after this segment. But yeah, so we're going to be taking um, a week off here. So next Monday, the 28th, there'll be no kill streak for you guys. And I apologize for that. If you listen to every episode, um, you know, just uh, just drink until the new one comes out. You know, that's. <laughs> And if you haven't, go back and listen to some classics. Yeah, um, watch some movies and and follow along with us. Yeah, but uh, but this episode's dropping on December twenty first. You got uh, four days till Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, you know, uh, stop listening to our podcast. Okay, the, <laughs> you take your secular bullshit elsewhere, and God forbid you worship anyone besides Jesus Christ. Oh my God, um, I do not condone this. Mike Price is going uh, off the reservation here. Uh, let's burn down a Starbucks. It is Merry Christmas. Fuck your happy holidays. <laughs> oh, <horseshit>. no. No, <laughs> Mike's been red-pilled. Mike, Mike, stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I my family always celebrated an incredibly secular Christmas. Um, but the holiday spirit, the snow and the gift giving and the drinking with your family and ignoring your family and fighting with your family. Um <laughs> All of the above. We wanted to do one more uh, little bit of acknowledgement. And so we wanted to talk about something that we think is a fun little trend. And that is some of the scariest moments in non-horror holiday movies. Mm -hmm. Um, These are the ones that that haunt little children everywhere. uh, Because uh, as most kids know, there are plenty of, uh, of sort of secret terrors uh, to be found in even the most seemingly innocuous holiday films. Uh, and so Eric and I wanted to touch on some of those. And I think for myself, at least, uh, all of these, it's going to be a little bit of a journey back in time because these are some things that legitimately scared the piss out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, in so many children's movies, there are absolutely terrifying moments that you remember to this day. <laughs> <laughs> they really just stick out. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to give a quick shout out, an honorable mention to a, a an entire movie that I still am not quite sure if I dreamt it or not. I know I didn't, <laughs> but it feels like a dream, which is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. A just mm. truly weird fucking movie that I saw and it has creeped me out. Like just there's something off about that movie. It feels like like a Turkish remake of Spider-Man or something, you know what I mean? Like, like Turkish Star Wars. Like this, things aren't right here. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I will say that um, if you guys want, I've seen it as a Mystery Science Theater three thousand film. Oh uh, sure, which I highly recommend if anybody wants to go on the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians journey. Uh, you can check that one. Uh, can Can you guys hear? The excitement in my home, my my fiance just came home, the dogs are going nuts. So if there's any insanity in the background, that is why. Oh, I also want to give a shout out to another Mystery Science Theater Christmas movie, or winter movie, is uh-huh. uh, Jack Frost. Not the Michael Keaton movie, not the um, Killer Snowman movie, but it's like some some scandinavian Wait, movie called jack n- neither one of those neither one of those oh, uh, wow. and in that in that episode which is a fantastic episode mm. they they shout out my hometown of sanford maine which was very confusing to me when i was watching it on sci-fi channel as a child 
Well, that's cool though. Yeah. It makes you feel really special when you're a kid. I even yeah. I wrote um oh, I don't maybe it was Bill Corbett. I don't know. I wrote one of them a, uh, an email just being like, "Why did you mention my hometown?" <laughs> and they were like, "Well, actually somebody else wrote it. I think their wife is from there or something like okay. that." Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Yeah, but hey, let's get to the real deal. Um do you want to start it off or should I? Uh I'll st- I'll kick it off. Um, okay, cool. This is a movie I think that looms large in the minds of kids our age, uh, you know, growing up in the 90s. And uh, it's there's several things that are upsetting about it. The idea of being left behind <laughs> by your family, uh, the idea of robbers trying to get into your house. But that's not what I'm that's not the moment I'm going to talk about. I, of course, I'm talking about the film Home Alone. Mm-hmm. In the moment, that is terrifying. There are two, but the one that freaked me out the most was when he runs into that old man shoveling his his uh, his driveway or whatever the hell in the middle of the night, and he turns around, and he looks terrifying, and Kevin screams and runs back into the house. <laughs> yeah, when we've learned from Buzz at this point that, that his barrel of salt is also doing double duty to dissolve the bodies of the people he's killed with his shovel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that moment really uh, always stuck out to me, and uh, but man, what a film that is! I love Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone's great. Yeah. One of my absolute favorite holiday movies. Um, I will I will follow that with uh, with something I just watched. I've seen Home Alone probably every year for the last fifteen years. I just watch it every every mm-hmm. December because because I love it. A movie that I have not seen at all in the last 15 years that I just watched last week. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Um, and I will say that I got real amped about the talk, seeing the talk boy again. I had a talk oh, boy. Of course, yeah. Uh, after that movie came out, it was the coolest Christmas present I received that year. Um, but the scariest moment in that movie that I had conveniently forgotten which is funny because it is literally just everything is just we're just repackaging and giving you the same thing from the first movie. Yeah. And so in in Home Alone 2 instead of the neighbor shoveling the driveway, we get the creepy bird lady of yes. Central Park. And her her introduction to Kevin where he gets his foot caught between some rocks and she appears to be coming towards him. Uh, mm-hmm. presumably to murder him uh, and feed him to her pigeons. Uh, <laughs> and the way the score comes in and really just like uh, that doom and gloom, I, as a grown man, was somewhat uncomfortable and also immediately flashed back to being a kid and being terrified by that moment. Yeah, so, that is that uh, is a good one. I thought you were going to say when President Donald Trump appears on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at the time, uh, you know, it was exciting. Every that's the that's the guy uh, with the stakes and the yeah uh, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, he shows up in the newspaper a lot because he's getting divorced and remarried. Um, Who knew? What will he do next? Um, that's a great call. That is, you know, they're basically you know you're, when you're a kid, you don't realize like oh they're just doing the same thing again. But yeah. It's effective because birds are creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, they are. Birds suck. Yeah, One of my like least birds. favorite least favorite animals. Yeah, yeah. I'm there with you. All right. Uh, so my next up is one that I haven't seen, oh, I've got to say, probably 
what am I, 38 now? I probably haven't seen this movie in 30 years. But mm-hmm. the ending <laughs> terrified me. <laughs> and I'm, of course, talking about Mickey's Christmas Carol, <laughs> where Scrooge McDuck at the very end is greeted by the ghost of Christmas Future, who is played by Pete. And uh, Pete throws open Scrooge's grave. And it's, there's like a f- empty, in my memory, it's like an empty coffin that starts burning and leads down to the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, that's fucking haunting. It is haunting. <laughs> and in any of these like Christmas Carol retellings, that's always the scariest yeah. part. Why does this have to be so scary? <laughs> uh, well, might, that's, that's, how, that's how they make it feel, you know, serious. You're right. Mm. But yeah, that uh, just scarred me as a child, man. That's totally know. fair. Yeah, that's a lot for Disney. Um, well, similarly, I'm going to follow suit. You mentioned the Christmas Carol and how that always gets you. Well, one of mine is from a movie that is supposed to have a little bit of an edge, but it's certainly no horror movie, and that is Scrooge, mm-hmm. um, which is another classic that I have seen too many times to count. Um but I'm going to zig a little bit here. Sure. And instead of, uh, yeah, obviously, the ghost of Christmas future is a very scary part of that, that film. And that whole segment has some really great scares. But the thing that has always stuck with me that freaked the absolute shit out of me when I was a kid, and I've seen this movie in the last two years and it still gives me a scare, is when uh, it's it's right as the first ghost is about to visit and he is out to lunch with um, it's Robert Mitchum and then the mm. shitty guy from L.A. who is going to slowly usurp him at the network. So they're out at this fancy dinner and he's watching a guy do um was it a baked alaska i think is that the thing yeah, you, or yeah it's a flambe so. it's something you light on fire and he lights himself on fire and is flying around the restaurant and the music the, the, the orchestral music booms and it's like fucking terrifying uh and then it turns out that bill murray's character frank cross has just been hallucinating it the whole time oh that's so funny. um that's so funny yeah. that you said that because i thought you were gonna say something else uh-huh. which i'll piggyback on yours well, I wanted to say, well, uh, let me say one more thing about this. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you, before you, you jump in, I also, as an adult, this, this movie has taken on a whole new level of terror, specifically this scene, because I sadly can very much relate to the idea of slowly realizing you are being replaced by someone else in your in your job oh yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) and being being introduced to them under the auspices of like oh he's just here to help out it's gonna be great and then finally realizing oh this man is here to uh replace me and i will eventually be fired so uh horrifying moment but you were gonna say oh i was uh, gonna say the part that always stuck with me for some reason from scrooge when i was mm -hmm. a kid is when bobcat goldthwait is frozen in the sewer And he's mm-hmm. like, because I think if I'm remembering correctly, I haven't seen Scrooge in a while. Like Bill Murray, like turns him around. He thinks he's talking to him. He turns him around. and He's frozen. Is that right? It happens with the guy from the homeless shelter. Yeah. Uh, Is it who not called Bobcat him Goldthwait? Dick? I don't think so. Bobcat oh, comes back later. But I the segment, the, the part you're talking about is very creepy. And yeah, he's down under there. I don't know if it's because that's Elliot Loudermilk. I'm not sure. Uh, you, It could be. I'm not positive, but I know that we see 
the guy who left the homeless shelter frozen to death in the in that kind of sewer with him. Then that's that's what I was thinking of. For some reason, I got yeah. conflated in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it. It's not Bobcat. It is. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay. So finally, my final pick for scariest moments in non horror movies uh, is one of my favorite Christmas movies. A Christmas care. Uh, no. A Christmas Story. A Christmas uh, Story, yes. Plays for 24 hours straight on what, TBS or some shit. Yeah. It's the moment when he visits Santa and oh, yeah. is, has this horrifying, embarrassing moment where Santa, they, they shoot it in this really disturbing way with they're like right in on mm-hmm. Santa's face. Like, ha, yeah. ha, ha. It's so upsetting because it takes you back to being a kid going up to the yeah. strange ass Santa in a mall, being mm-hmm. and realizing like I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I'm freaked out. <laughs> and like, yeah, it makes you like feel like oh, I just made an ass out of myself in front of Santa. Right. Yeah, and do you think as a kid it's just that that thing where it's like you think you're gonna meet this like mythical friendly Santa creature, and then when you get close enough you start to realize that something is wrong and it's definitely just some dude who's yeah. getting paid to wear a beard. And it's like, wait, this is all, it's all a trick. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it. And like, it's like your stranger danger kicks in. Yeah. yeah. But Oof. Christmas, yeah, no, Christmas that. story really captures that feeling. That's a great movie too. I love that one. It is. There's a reason why it plays all day long. It's a, it's an absolute classic. Uh, so my last one is a movie that my mom loved that she showed my sister and I when we were kids. And uh, it really stuck with me. And this is a true classic. And it is 1934, Babes in Toyland, starring Laurel and Hardy. Um, so it's one that a lot of people haven't seen, I'm guessing, at least. And a lot of people that that did see it are probably dead now. Um <laughs> But if you have seen this one, then you immediately know what I'm talking about. So it is, uh, it's a fun movie. I've watched it in the last couple of years. I would recommend it to people. If you haven't seen it, it is interesting. It is creepy. It is weird. It is a cool, quick 78 minutes long. You know we love that here. Um, And there are some truly freaky, freaky moments. Uh, There is an entire boogie land, which is a land of boogeymen. Um, and, uh, where people are eaten alive by boogeymen. And, uh, at one point some characters end up there and then they, they end up coming back to Toyland, which is sort of this like uh utopian toy world that they live in. And the boogeymen follow them back and, and mount an attack on the entire town. And there's some fucking, they're like creepy-looking dudes. I'm going to see if I can find you a picture so you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah, please do. But like, but this is, like, legit borderline traumatizing stuff, especially if you're, like, eight years old seeing this for the first time. Um, but I still seriously recommend it to people. I think that if, if you haven't seen this, you should absolutely check it out. Yeah, so that's that's mine, my last one. I haven't seen this movie. I'm not familiar, but I will check it out on under your recommendation. Uh, but yeah, those are our terrifying moments from non-horror movies that are Christmas themed. Um, guys, 
we're really excited to talk to you about our next plan. It's going to be a new year when this new episode of Kill Street mm-hmm. drops next episode. So we have something special planned for the entire month of January. Uh, doing a bit of a theme month. Yeah. Did we decide on a name? Oh, yeah. I got a name. I don't oh, know yeah, if you, you agree with me, That's but right. I got a name. <laughs> you do have a name. Yes. Why don't you Why don't you lay it on, everybody? What is the, We're doing a special event for the month of January. We're breaking format, um, and I think you guys are going to love it. I'm excited to do it. I'm excited Eric, to do it, too. Yeah. Why don't you tell the folks at home what we're going to do? Well, we realized here at Killstreak, we've been doing 44 episodes now. We haven't covered a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. So, we're one of going- the cornerstones of the entire horror genre. Yeah. There's not a lot of vampire series. So, what we're going to be doing here on Killstreak, we're going to be gathering around, circling up with our boys, <laughs> and having an old fashioned drack off. We're going to be talking about Dracula movies. Uh-huh. And we're going to be starting with 1931's Universal's Dracula starring Bela Lugosi. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to treat this whole month the same way we would treat a normal franchise. It's just instead of doing a franchise, what we're going to do is each week we're going to cover a different Dracula, a different incarnation in Dracula, incarnation of Dracula, mm-hmm. different actor, different film director, um, and then at the end, we will still go through our canonical ranking, but this time, instead of ranking all the films in one series, we are going to rank our favorites of our four Draculas and yeah. our four Dracula movies. Yeah. Uh, should we tell the listeners the movies that we're going to be covering or should we have that be a surprise? Um, well, we'll see. I mean, we can certainly let them know, obviously already we're going to be covering the original, uh, Bella Lugosi, Dracula. I think is that James Whale um, as director, or is uh, yeah, or is he, did he only do Frankenstein? I'm, I'm uh, trying to remember now. Up, Dracula. Uh, no, it's Todd Browning. It's Todd oh, yes, Browning. Todd Browning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. I sound I sound like a fucking idiot here. God damn it! Oh shit! Can we edit <laughs> that out? Um, sure can if you want to. No, no, that's okay, all right. Uh, so far, we haven't had to edit anything else. So I'm not going to start now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I, I'm down to let people know what we're going to be doing for the whole month. We just have to decide on our own what the third slot's going to be. Yeah, the third slot's a question mark. So let's come up. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just say uh, we're first going to be doing Dracula from 1931. Mm-hmm. Next up, Hammer's Dracula from 1958, starring Christopher Lee. Yeah. And then the third spot. We're torn between the Frank Langella's, uh, the Dracula from 1979 starring Frank Langella, mm-hmm. or the um, Jack Palance Dracula, <laughs> which I'm seeing is a is a. It's technically um, a TV movie. Yeah, I don't know. I'm down for either. I think my I'm gravitating more towards a Frank Langella one because I think that might yeah. be better. But also, I'm good to throw in a stinker if you want to. <laughs> I mean, I think here's here's the thing. I think that the the Palance one is potentially more fun because mm-hmm. Jack Palance is such an insane casting choice for Dracula. Yeah. Um, but uh, the sort of rule follower in me wants to say that as a TV movie, we are cinemaphiles here and we cover motion pictures. You know, mm-hmm. 
things like Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Christ, <laughs> um, real films. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, I do yeah. think that Capital probably the, yeah, I think the feature film, uh, 1979 Dracula is probably the way to go. Okay. But you, you know what? I'll say this too. We have a little time. Uh, we've got a couple weeks. So if people have really strong feelings about it, chime in, let us know. Uh, and if there's an overwhelming, uh, call for us to do Jack Palance instead of Frank Langella, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm willing to listen to that, you know? Are you okay? I don't know if you can hear me or not. I lost. I, can hear I you. lost you for a second there, but I'm uh, back. Can you hear me? Can you hear me again? I can hear you now. It was really crazy to paint a picture for you guys. <laughs> uh, what I heard was if there's then fast forwarded to you not speaking i was like oh shit (laughs) all right yeah yeah i finished what i said on my end there was no weirdness so i just stopped talking and then (laughs) then it was just it was just you stare but you didn't freeze you were just staring (laughs) and and not saying anything (laughs) we're really gonna we're gonna stretch just how fucked up of an episode we can release with no edits i'm leaving this yeah that's fine with me i don't care yeah uh and then finally Um, we're gonna be doing bram stoker's dracula the francis ford coppola movie starring gary oldman mm -hmm. keanu reeves winona Ryder. you know it you might love it i don't know we'll find out how Mm -hmm. it stacks up against the other drax how's that drax stack with our first annual it won't be an annual thing with our (laughs) Drack off. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, you know, we could, who knows, maybe we'll uh, do other incarnations of this. Yeah. We just need to come up with masturbatory euphemisms for <laughs> uh, for other famous yeah. horror, like show us your Frank and, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so you can look forward to that starting up on Monday, January 4th. We'll be taking next week the 28th off. Uh, and yeah, send us your vampire comments, questions, feelings. Uh, it's going to be a fun month with the Count Dracula himself. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Um, guys, if you want to write to us, you can do so at KillstreakPod on Twitter or on Instagram. You can follow our updates there. You could write to us at KillstreakPod at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail uh, mm-hmm. at anchor.fm slash KillstreakPod. Uh, or just go to killstreakpod.com for all of this stuff. Yeah. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you you hear this from every podcast you listen to, but I will say it one more time. It is the fastest, easiest, most effective way for us to grow our audience as a podcast. If you haven't done it, you only have to do it once. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just go one time to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating, leave us a quick review letting people know you like the podcast, and that will help us immensely. So if, you, if you're feeling that holiday spirit you want to give, forget charities, forget <laughs> gifts for your family, and please rate and review us on Apple Yeah, Podcasts. please do. Uh, and as always, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. If you don't celebrate Christmas... Have a happy new year. Do whatever you love I, to do. I think Hanukkah has just come to an end or is, is ending as we speak. Yeah. Uh, happy Hanukkah to you. Ha- uh, happy Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. Happy uh, Boxing Day. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, please be safe out there. Things are not great. Uh, you know, yeah. be responsible with your loved ones. Please be safe. We love you here at Killstreak. We really do. Yeah. We appreciate it. Each and every one of you. It's been and a great year. It has a, been a, a great year. first year. Yeah. I'm excited for the new year uh, in the different things we're going to try out here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Excited to drack off. Always am. Always will be. <laughs> That's right. That's the little boy inside you. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, if you ever wondered how Santa can be in a zillion places at once, now you know. <laughs>